I hate whenever I, I'll like take a picture for one reason and one reason only. It's like I took this picture to show someone, and then when I see them, I forget to show it to them. <sighs> Sorry, James Winchester. We'll make that up soon. So, I just out of curiosity, Josh Helmer, how was your weekend? Was everything outside of the play? Uh, outside of the play, what is the saying? Outside of the play, or outside of the uh, theater? How was the play, Mrs. Lincoln, or something like that? <laughs> outside of the game, how was the weekend? Uh, it was good, man. Yeah, I went to a Halloween party. That was pretty Whoa. fun. That was fun. Um, so yeah, it was it was good, man. the The trip to and from, I we we were chatting off the air, but uh, it sounds like the the festivities outside of football were good for you as well bro i'm gonna tell you this right now outside of that football game on saturday that might have been one of the best weekends i've ever had since i've started on the sidelines i'm not even kidding my first year was 2011 we just and can i make this about my favorite topic me real quick we do the we do the show i'm very nervous about it because this show matters to me, man. This I think it matters. I know it matters to Josh. We want to do a good show. We want to win. I want to have the highest rated show. I want to have the most listeners. I want to win. I want winners. And it always makes me nervous whenever the travel schedule precludes us from being either in studio or on remote together. So we did a show on Friday. Connor Pasby crushed it in the studio. I think we had one moment in the first hour when we crossed into the Kansas border. And, Josh, we did a show from three distinctly different positions, one of them mobile, and it worked. I got there on Friday. I got to have one of the best dinners I've ever had in my life. In my life. You can ask, I think I thoroughly enjoyed the Drake. The Drake and I had a blast together on Friday night. I got to spend game day with T-Row, right, and – I was with my best friends all day long. We had a weather delay. I'm sorry. I don't know how else to put this, but a weather delay, kind of a sideline person's dream. Kind of a sideline person's dream. That's where you That's where you kick into another mode. You get to know the game ops people. Uh, I wanted to take a moment here real quick, and Kelly, I meant to send you an email on this, but I wanted to thank uh, Woody Glass and his staff. I want to thank everyone in Kansas, Greg Tipton, Larry Nafee took some time to talk to me about what was going on, and I, we do it to make sure that you know what's going on and that we know when this game is going to start, and everyone was really good with information. Sometimes you go places and they're weird about it, but then when you're like, listen, I'm not, I am not here to try to say anything bad. I'm just relaying information. I'm the sideline guy. I don't care about – saying you're not doing a good job. We just need to let people know when the game's going to start. And so everyone was really good. So thank you. Thanks, Woody. Uh, I appreciate the the trust and letting us know what's going on. Tip, everyone. I know that you're getting 8 million people bugging you and asking you, and the fact that you found time for us, that, that was awesome. So that was that was amazing around what was a disastrous game. Josh, I get home. My brother-in-law is waiting for me, and we – Watch Oregon State and Arizona. We uh, we kill a six of a PBR. I felt like I'm in high school. Sixer. And we, we watch highlights of the game. We work on our chip shots in the garage. It was crazy. It was great. Got up the next day. Josh, got up the next day and got to watch the entire morning session of games uninterrupted. Wow. 
Right? Pretty good. When you have a 9-year-old and a needy 14-year-old, that never happens. So if I sat a little more upbeat than normal, I had an awesome weekend. But uh, but that game. Ooh, that's that, that game, Josh Homer. That game. Yes. Two of them were not very fun this weekend. <sighs> All right. Let's hit a couple of them. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I am not one of those believers at all that the Chiefs are done. I think I think Mahomes was really, really sick, Josh. Yeah, but you know what? He might have been healthy and they could have lost that game. They were so bad, bad. yesterday. And, and, and credit to Denver, by the way, too. I it, I don't want it to turn into, oh, Mahomes was sick. And I mean, Denver played well. They did. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Okay, um, do we have anyone that can help us out today? And I'm being dead serious here. Is Connor around? <laughs> because I don't know if we're going to be able to figure out who's in or who's out on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, Josh, without some help today. <laughs> we just going to have to do our best, man. All right, here we go. Pastor MC writes, maybe it's just me, but I felt the biggest mistake of the day set up the tone for the rest of the game. Our first possession, it's third and one, and we throw the out pass, that's a pick six. I felt like from that point on, we had no confidence in a passing game on a play that shouldn't have been called anyway. Thoughts? It it clearly had to have had an effect on Oklahoma's lack of confidence in the passing game. The conditions being what the conditions were, and then the fact that you dropped back and threw a pick six. Yeah, it – I. Don't you think that that impacted the way the rest of the game was called? Yes. Yes. But it shouldn't have. Unless Dylan Gabriel is just an awful cold-weather quarterback, I, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. When a running back fumbles, what do they always say? Give right? him another carry. Right back to him. Go right back to him. When a receiver that you trust drops a pass, what do they always say? Go right back to him. I guess, Che, maybe you're right, buddy. I don't know. But the fact that that one play, as damning as it was, dude, that one play could be that transformative in your approach I, I I agree with you on the tone setting I agree with you 100% man you are not wrong at all but I don't I don't think a pick six on third and two should su- suddenly lead you to change your entire approach I mean listen they they threw the ball on the next drive. Do you, do you know how many times they threw the ball on the next drive? Once. So I don't know if I – well, actually, excuse me, they had the penalty, they had the pass interference, right? So that's technically a throw. It doesn't count as an attempt. But guess what? It was a big one. It helped keep a drive alive, and you went to Nick Anderson. 
So I can't, I can't allow myself to believe, Josh, that it would be that transformative. But what else are we supposed to take away from that early mistake? And, and then they got sacked on fourth and three. Yeah, that didn't help at all either. <laughs> I, I, think, I think there's still some things to work out offensive line-wise. All right, you want a couple more here. Um, let's keep rolling. Levy has previously worked for offensive-minded head coaches. Is it possible he's basically learning to be a coordinator play caller for the first time on his own? If so, he was totally unqualified to be at Oklahoma at this stage of his career. Levy called plays at Ole Miss, and he called plays at UCF, right? But this was a conversation piece we had a lot last year. Now, Brent Venables might not be an offensive head coach, but I think Brent Venables has a very, very solid offensive mind. So you might not have a play caller that's called offensive plays, but you don't have a guy that – and, again, this is a comparison not to mock. It's just to point out, you know, back in the day, Mike Gundy, when the defense was on the field, you know, Mike Gundy would just be sitting over there working with his offense. Now, Brent spends a lot of time with his defense, but I don't think he's got, you know, head in the sand, doesn't have any input or doesn't care about what the offense does. It's a very fair point, but you would have thought that Levy worked through some of those last year. I'm trying to duck, dodge, dive, and dip where I choose to here, but I do think there are some execution things that didn't happen on Saturday that, again, you can be mad like I am about certain things and certain calls, but there is also a few of those plays where you look back and you're like <laughs> – that, if that guy just goes there or if that guy just does that, that's a first down or that's six. But, that's just, again, that's me trying to keep the, the, the balance of the show today, Josh. Um, here's one. What on God's green earth has Barnes and Sawchuck done that just entails they play and Smothers and Hicks aren't given a chance? It can't get any worse. They had no problem pulling the O-line guys. It's criminal that Barnes, Gibson, and Freeman are on the drive to win the game. I I don't understand the 12 personnel. Um, or I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, 12. I, I don't understand that. Or 21 personnel. No, 12 personnel, excuse me. One running back, two tight ends. Right? Am I saying that right? Everything's a myth. Everything's a miss in my brain right now. Blake Smith being on the field on that last drive is mind-boggling to me instead of Drake Stoops. And I don't know if Drake was in on that third and third down play or not. But, yeah, when you go into your two tight ends and Blake Smith is on the field and hasn't played a lot, good kid. Solid player potentially, but I don't know, Josh. I just don't like the I don't like the idea of not having your best players on the field in those moments. And to me, I I, I understand what you're trying to do. Um but that that twelve personnel in those moments, um Well, it's predictable too. I mean, the predictability of what Oklahoma was going to try and do late. Sometimes, sometimes if you're just the more physical team and you've got, say, a bowling ball of a running back in Tawi Walker, which you didn't have mm-hmm. in that instance, it can it can work, even being that predictable. But it just uh, – obviously it didn't, right? You come out 12 personnel and they know what you're going to do. All right, let me, let me hit these last – these three, and then we'll break and we'll we'll get a reset of the of the slot machine that is today's Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Oklahoma Johnny. I'm just dumbfounded that Walker is our only tough running back that doesn't go down with an arm tackle and can get some tough yards on his own. The rest of the running backs need to drink some badger milk 
It worked for Rob Schneider. I'm just scratching my head. I thought the running back room was going to be a great position for us this season. I'm just confused and depressed. You know, it's funny. It's funny, Josh. We got Emmett Jones today on Coach's Corner. I thought we had DeMarco. I think it's Emmett Jones today. We felt constant theme, right? I'm, I'm, I, I can't remember 12 or 21 personnel, but my mind can remember something we said, you know, three months ago. <laughs> yeah. It's dumb. Makes no sense. But I, um, I remember there not being an overly massive amount of concern or even questions about the running back position because of the talent in that room. And only one person was telling you about Tawi Walker. And you know that one person was? It was Teddy Lehman. Everyone else, like myself, ah, Sawchuck, Barnes, freshman coming in. And we had similar questions in the wide receiver room. Now you had a little bit more experience in Farouk and Stoops. But when you got to the depth, you're like, well, I think Anthony's going to be okay coming in from Michigan. And, Boy, you know, maybe L.V. Bunkley Shelton's a guy. These youngsters, the Jacquez Petaways and the Jane Gibsons and Nick Anderson. And for the most part, Josh, it's it's developed, right? You've seen it. You've seen it progress. Now, Saturday was a step back, but you've seen Jaden Gibson make big plays. You've seen Nick Anderson might be the best receiver on the team right now. For some reason, we haven't really seen that beyond Tawi right now in the running back room, have we? No, we haven't, and at times, at times we haven't seen it with Tawi either. Though I do think he's clearly been very true. Clearly, he's been the the number one for Oklahoma, and at times I do think uh, the coaching staff is a little bit to blame for us not having seen that with uh, Tawi Walker. You give somebody six carries or eight carries in a game, sometimes that's not enough. And uh, obviously, when he's been given the bulk of the carries, it's been largely very good. Clearly, he's the number one. It's it's so obvious. I don't know why they would uh, even try somebody else as the number one now, barring, again, what happened at the end of this game, which was he wasn't healthy anymore. Uh, and then I want to get two more here. At some point, Brent has to step in and tell Levy to throw the damn ball. I don't, I don't know that that didn't happen or that it would have. Right. In other words, when when you say that, I feel the same way. It's like, don't throw the ball. Maybe Brent was like, let's keep pounding him. Let's keep pounding him. I, I don't I don't know. Here uh here's a quote for you, okay? Go ahead. This is from Brent Venables on being conservative with the offense after the Ethan Downs interception. And, and probably you could just play this audio at some point, but here's the quote. You tell me what you think from this. Quote, you'd like to be better there. You'd like to chew up some clock, maybe, and get a first down, but you force them to use their timeouts. You could have been a little bit better on the two-minute, and then we're not having this conversation, but you certainly look back at it after the fact. You don't want to expose yourself and turn it over, but you'd like to get the first down there. It makes things a heck of a lot easier. End quote. Do you know where that was about in the presser? I think it was like the second question. Here, let's look. Let's just – we got some time here, right? Well, you know what? How about this? Take a break, and then I'll play it, and we'll listen to it. Yeah. Uh, and then the 405 writes, I believe it was a confidence issue, and Lebby felt more comfortable playing it conservative. Kansas wanted it more. Oh, wait, hold on. Cruton therapist. It's the old playing not to lose approach. 
like a spouse withholding their true emotions from their spouse in order to keep the peace. It rarely accomplishes the desired uh, result. Oh, so true, man. And then there's that one moment where maybe you don't put a dish up right and it all comes out. You're like, whoa, where did this come from? Not that you're speaking from experience or anything. (laughs) Yeah, it's like all of a sudden things are going along great, and it's like, did you put the white bowls with the plastic bowls? And then, boom, it's World War III. Then all of a sudden you don't get to watch the Raiders game. Unbelievable. I got to be – I am steering clear of everyone tonight, Josh. Everyone. There is a little tension in the old Plank household right now because the 14-year-old's taking a trip this week and the 9-year-old's in some sort of mood. I'm just steering clear of everyone tonight. <laughs> I might come over to your house. But, no, I, I get what, what you're saying, right, the, the playing not to lose. Now, I don't know if the wedding, the marriage analogy works. I got what you're saying. But, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because if you, you throw the ball a couple times there and you skip it or you turn it over or you get sacked, it's like, what are you doing? It just felt more confident. I want to play that cut from Brent Venables when we come back. Uh, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is rolling deep today, man. Let it out. Let it out. We're here for you on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref. All right. Welcome back to the ref right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right. I found it, Josh. So, um, the setup at Kansas, they're getting a, a renovated stadium, and I don't think they care about the visitors' press conference setting or the visitors' locker room, but it it's really tough. And I wanted to say, listen, on a very personal note, John Hoover, thank you. I meant to text you yesterday, but I was trying to forget about everything on Saturday. I mean, you had to – the door – the person who engineered this room, right, for the press conferences needs to be fired and never allowed to engineer anything in the history of ever. It's like the person that decided how you get on – I-35 and Highway 9, I mean, it's just if you're coming on Highway 9 to I-35, did I say that right? You're coming off Highway 9, getting on I-35 South. Whoever whoever designed that probably should never be allowed to design anything in the history of highway, period. Let them know, Kelly. Let them know. But the person that designed that room, Josh, literally it was the worst. You had to walk past the door in order for it to open to get out of it. And – it was packed with people. And so, who? thank you, Mike Houck, thank you to the smarmy, smart-alecky media guy and his loafers that wouldn't move an inch, you freaking tool, that's like, come on, man. I'm leaving, you dork. I'm getting out of your way, and we're doing this for you. Because we could throw a fit and say, no, 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 we want to do, uh, do BV on our own. And Coach, I think, would be fine with it. So if I'm trying to get out of your way, don't be a douche. I don't know who you are. I've never seen you in my life. I'm sure you've got eight views on YouTube. Sorry. I had to get that out of the way. But wow. it's not, So it's not the best audio. Well, and they're not even like, I'm trying to move. I'm trying to get out. <laughs> it's like literally impossible. And I'm going up to replace Toby so he can do the coach's show. Oh, come on, man. No. Move! Move! All right. Anyway. I, I've got a story I could share with you on the uh, high school broadcasting side where we about, boy, we about had a Josh Helmer blow up as well. Was it with someone that just wouldn't get out of the way? Uh, you No, but it was, 
I would describe it as insubordination. It was not a good situation. Okay, hold that thought. Hold that thought. I'm probably not going to expound upon it on air, but all of this Off is- Off the air? Sure, but all of this is to say, yeah, it's like you're trying to get something accomplished and somebody's a jerk about Wait, are we else. on the air right now? I still don't know who that was. I don't know who. I think it was a Kansas guy. I don't know. If it was an Oklahoma guy, bro, we are going to have a come to Jesus the next time I see you. That <laughs> was have the, to. That was the most uh, jerkish thing. Whenever we're, I'm just, I'm trying to get out of your way. I'm trying to get out of your way. Come on, man. F, I, if Mike Alk wasn't there, I might have said something. If Coach wasn't talking, I might have said something. <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of Coach, here was that quote you were talking about. And you're not going to – so I, I bring all that up to talk about that room to say there's not great acoustics in there. It's really small. Everyone's crammed together. So I think Hoove had asked about going away from uh, the, the, the running game a little bit when Oklahoma did that for, like, that short stretch. But here's the question that Josh alluded to, and it was – the conservative play calling after the Ethan Downs interception. Hey, you'd like to be better there. You'd like to chew up some clock. Maybe if you get a first down, you know, it's over. Uh, you know, but we forced them to use their timeouts. And uh, if we could have been a little better on the two-minute, uh, you know, we're not having this conversation uh, either. But, uh, you know, certainly you look back at it after the fact. You don't want to expose yourself and turn it over. But uh, you'd like to, you know, uh, get a first down there. You know, uh, that makes things a hell of a lot easier. You guys get away from the running game a little bit. Uh, after it's 14 nothing, you get back in it with a really powerful kind of running game. Uh, you get away from it a little bit? I'd have to go back and, and look. Obviously, we came out in the second half and it was punt, punt, fumble. And uh, then we had a touchdown and we punted and then we got another touchdown. And then, uh, again, we went three and out and punted when we're making them use their timeouts there. And uh, so we, I think, you know, one of the uh, big plays in the game uh, we ended up punting uh, was we got the penalty uh, on the unnecessary roughness uh, on offense, you know, after a, a really good uh, run and it's going to be a short yardage for a first down, we ended up punting. You know, we got pushed back when we were backed up. And, uh, Again, that's that's what the game does to you. You get punished when you when you don't do the little things right, and we certainly didn't. So it, I found it interesting that who had asked a question about, and you know, you felt like that maybe at fourteen zip you did get away from it a little bit, and then what did coach coach went back to like, yeah, you know, but in that two minute situation in those final minutes there. Can I ask you a serious question? Sure. Do people want their coach to have the Dion approach? Like, in other words, when you lose a game like that, do you want your coach to go in the press conference and say, well, we just need better players? I mean, that's not what anybody wants, right? Because just engaging some of the responses here and there, I think it's um, I think it's kind of fair that in everyone's frustration and disappointment, they just want – they want to feel like that these players are being held accountable or these coaches aren't. I'm here to tell you right now, I think, Josh, you, you would agree, right? They're being held accountable. They don't need Brent Venables to go, I just need better players to protect Jackson Arnold when he's out there. Or to, I need better players to get off blocks. That's not the approach. 
If a player does it, what has Coach always said? It's, well, because they've been taught to do it. This way they've been coached to do it. So, I don't know. I just kind of in just taking the inventory of what you all seem to think on the text line, which is great. I mean, I, I appreciate everyone's passion. But trust me, there is accountability. No one's getting a pass because of this. Well, I know that you're not necessarily, I guess, asking it in this way, but that would be inauthentic, I feel like, for Brent Venables to to get up there and do that. And it would – maybe not unauthentic or inauthentic. It would be it, – it almost would go against, like, Brent Venables' mission statement. Right. Of, th- this is larger than football if you come here to play for me. So, and I know you're not saying like, "Hey, should Brent Venables do right. that?" You're asking, "Hey, would you like your head coach?" Just, just hypothetical question: Is that the right approach, or do you prefer a different, a different way of going about it? Just to Oklahoma situation, that's not Brent Venables, right? Never and you got to be. be yourself, and he's never, never going to do that. Uh, Chris from Louisiana: Why are we w- running jet sweeps with Gavin Freeman? And great job, Fox, for not playing the the game in the second half. Why are the wide receivers always in the backfield? Did they move away in Oklahoma too from Fox to Fox Sports One, or was it because I it never cut away on me? Okay, okay. Nationally, it did. After the one hour rain delay, then nationally it did, and I was of the understanding that in like Kansas City in the Kansas viewing area, and then I would assume Oklahoma City and Tulsa, and most of Oklahoma, they stayed on Fox. Y'all are telling on yourself that you're not listening to the radio broadcast, which does hurt a little bit. But if you like those pretty pictures, Chris, from Louisiana, I get it. But they – you know, I think part of the weirdness of it was still having the halftime. I would love to – I mean, you're out there for an hour. There's seven minutes left. I know it was homecoming, but I wish because – and you know what they did, Josh? You know what halftime was, the thing they had to get in? It was the band playing. And I love the band, and I'm here to fight for the band. The band deserves their spot. But when you have a one-hour rain delay, why are we having a halftime after that? Is that – I mean – I understand that they're, for us, it would make it challenging on the Sooner Radio Network, right? But to have the full halftime after the delay, and it had no bearing on the game. It's just me, you know, being a nerd. That was weird. And then I still have a lot of learning to do, and maybe one of the administrators can text me and learn me up. But who makes the call in that situation? So to just take you behind the curtain, as we're getting as much information as we can, the Kansas game ops person says, all right, we haven't had a strike. Here's where we are. She showed me her phone. She goes, we're going to let them come back out at 1 o'clock. And our hope is that we'll be able to get the game going at like 103, 104, unless there's another strike. She goes, but our big question is now, what are we going to do with halftime? And I was like, well, I've never heard. What are the options? She goes, well, I mean, if we're at an hour delay, do we even do halftime? Is it a couple-minute break? You know, it's just – that's that's what we're figuring out right now. <laughs> I feel like you you have to do halftime as it's traditionally okay. done. All right. Like I said, it's just it seemed to me after an hour break, it's like you go out and play for seven minutes and you're going to go take another halftime. I that's me, and that's 
the main reason why it ended up getting shifted. Fox thought it had a gym. They thought they had a gym in Oregon and, and Utah. And they screwed up because I've had many people reach out to me that aren't OU fans or Kansas fans. And do you know what their consistent texts are to me? Wow, what a game. What a finish. That had to be wild. That had to be crazy. How crazy was that? I'm like, it sucked. It wasn't crazy. It was terrible. Horrible. We hated it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. The uh, Oh, they lost the game in Ringling. I'm sorry, Jay, from Medill. Tulsa yeah, had it on regular five. And I'm probably not the right person to oh, okay. speak about this because I'm watching through YouTube TV and gotcha. my situation is like I'm probably not ever going to lose the feed, I guess. Question for – oh, wait. Are we good? Oh, it's 1036. You can read one more. Question for coach. If you're going to run the ball, why Farouk? When Brendan Thompson is the fastest player you have, why not have him instead of using Farouk? Well, again, I know we all fall in love with Brendan Thompson and the, the deep ball, but he, he just hasn't been healthy. I mean, and I think – Why I, was he healthy enough – in the final series to go out, but not the rest of the game. Oh, I, I don't have an answer for that. I just meant up until this point. And I don't know how much they've worked with him in practice. He just – he wasn't part of the game plan until <laughs> until it was too late. Right, desperation city. That, that, that part I do get. But I – Josh, I hear what you're saying. Unless Brendan Thompson is struggling to get off the line of scrimmage, and I got Emmett Jones coming up today on Coach's Corner, I believe. And I'll ask him. It's like, wh- why does it seem – you know what? It's not, it's not Emmett Jones today. It is DeMarco Murray today. I apologize. But next week, whenever we get Emmett, I'll ask him. Coach, why? Why do we not see Brandon Thompson more consistently? What does he need to do to gain your confidence and trust? And all, then, you know, you also – the young wide receivers. I mean, there's a bunch of other names. I mean, at some point – the Gavin Freeman end around, the jet sweep. I mean, come on. It's time to retire it. It's, I, I don't know if that means that you need to look at other personnel decisions, but it ain't working. Mm. Oh, Jay. My buddy Jay lost it too. Maybe, guys, I, I'm just going by what had been passed along to me. So, Savior, hey, get back to yelling. The super secret Textoso line has you covered. All right? I, I was standing there. For, it was – Top and by the way, by the way, I sat on the heated bench for the first time. Pretty legit. I and I purposefully don't sit on the heated bench because yeah, it's you're gonna have to go right back out in the elements. So. And it's and it's very much whenever you were a kid, whenever you would jump from the hot tub to the pool and how cold it was, that is like the the heated bench. It's like oh my gosh. This is the most amazing thing I've ever sat in in my life. And then all of a sudden, you get off of it, and you're like, oh. That's right. We are outside, and it is raining, and it is miserable. It is cold out here. But, no, I, uh, I, I cannot believe, I cannot believe that they cut away from the game. Thanks, Jay Clary. I hope you get well. We missed you last night. There were cinnamon rolls there, and it was amazing. All right, um, let's break. I've completely lost control of this show, but I don't care because you guys are taking over. It's a plank show on a Monday from OU on the ref. I I just want to point out 
we read every text, or at least try to read every text that comes in. If they don't make the air, I apologize. apologize. But I want you guys to know that you're heard. We react in matters. A day like today is almost unfathomable. And I mean that in a good way. It sucks what we're having to talk about, right? <clears throat> but it's it's good to see everyone is still engaged. I would hate after a loss to come in and nobody cares. No, it's uh, – if anything, this is galvanizing. Brought us all together. Nation. You know what's funny is I told you after the UCF game, I was really perplexed. I was I was really confused after the UCF game. I I remember I don't usually I edit our post game show, but I don't usually go back and listen to it because I live it. But after the UCF game, and especially the UCF game because I went up to the booth and I got to talk to Ted for a long time. So after UCF, Josh, I went back and I listened to everything. Then I I got up early and I listened to, you know, some of the the game react pods. I was listening to to I think it was I think Parker was on Brandon. I was listening to to, to the unofficial forty guys. Uh, I I even listened to to Gabe and Teddy when they dropped on that Sunday, because I was just so perplexed. It's like how how was that game close? What what happened there? What am I missing? How did this happen? And as the week as that day progressed, I don't necessarily know Josh if I got answers, but I had clarity. Right? I was like okay. And then as Brent, when Brent Venables talked in, in the Rudy show, which is coming up tonight, clarity. I felt like this was one of those where everyone kind of saw the clear issues early and there's not really too much investigation that needs to take place. It's And you can choose which side that you're on. You can be on the side of offensive play calling, conservative offensive play calling. You can be on the side of Playmakers not being playmakers. You can be on the side of offensive line struggling. You can be on the side of weather. You can be on the side of poor tackling. You can be on the side of special teams issues. You can be on the side of clock management. You can be on the side of poor coaching. I mean, I just rattled off like eight things. You'd be on the, you could be on the side of the officials if you want because that was a really – and the um, Vander, Vanderveer – Vandermeer, Vanderveer is usually – that's a really good crew usually. That's a really good crew. They were very bad on Saturday, very bad. Now, Oklahoma made some mistakes, but you can do that if you want. You you can be on the side of Kansas is good. I'm giving 12 to 11 things. But the issue is, Josh, it's not really a mystery, right? You looked at it and you saw we got blocked. We didn't get off blocks, couldn't block. We had two guys that were important get hurt and just not unable to recover. My point is, I don't think there's a lot of mystery to what happened on Saturday. And yet, through all of that, Oklahoma still had a chance to win on the road in terrible conditions. Just didn't do it. Didn't do it. I thought the, I thought the Ethan Downs interception was unhitch the wagon, put the ponies in the barn. I really did. And add to it, you know, I know the key Lawrence drop doesn't hurt because I think the Ethan Downs play was what two plays later but go back and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong I kind of think if Key picks that off Josh I think it's a pick six was there more people around it than I remember 
Do you remember what I'm talking about in the fourth quarter? He was – man, he was all alone. Okay. All I right. mean, th- there were some people behind him, but, uh, I mean, it, it's right in and out of his hands. Now, OU, OU wound up with an interception a couple of plays later, did they not? Well, no, that was my point. That's what I said. I'm sorry if someone was bugging you on the phone. But the Ethan Downs interception I thought was ball game, and the key Lawrence drop doesn't necessarily now you look back and hurt you, but – he might have been able to run with it, though. I, right. I can't help but wonder if Key Lawrence might have had a pick six. Yeah. Yeah. There. I mean, he definitely th- – there was no Jayhawk within immediate tackling distance. Let's put it like that. He, he was going to be able to run a little bit. <laughs> Jim in Arlington. We read all your texts and prayers. You now sound like a televangelist playing. That's fair. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> but I also – I also think that everyone at some point is going to have a moment, whether it's tomorrow or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or hopefully post-game Saturday, where you realize, as confused as I was about the UCF game, and I think many of you were there with me, there were moments where that game should not have come down to even an on, even thinking about an onside kick, maybe even being close in the fourth quarter. And there are moments, even though you fell behind 14 to zip, Josh, we're on Friday, or Saturday, excuse me, I don't want to say you're on cruise control by any stretch of the imagination, but you could have yourself a two-score lead. Well, if Oklahoma right before halftime, you know, one of the sneaky important sequences in the game was the inability – to keep Kansas from kicking that field goal before halftime. Yep. If you got to stop there and got the football right back, Oklahoma was starting to roll a little bit in that that juncture of the game coming out of the, the weather delay and everything. And obviously, if you get the stop sooner, they don't kick the field goal. Well, first of all, you got a touchdown lead instead of the four-point lead going into the break, bare minimum, right? But also, then probably you are aggressive to go try and score points again before halftime, and obviously it did not play out that way. My buddy Chris hit me on the super secret textoso line and said, can we start talking softball now? Well, kind of with the laughing emoji. Uh, that takes me back to the guy on Friday that was like, no softball today. Sir, I think you might have you cursed the weekend. Chris did add, everything is still in front of this team, starting with beating OSU. And like I said, someone got mad at me. They're like, that's a loser's mentality. Well, yeah, I mean, you lost the game. They're – but it's still a statement of fact. You still can go to the Big 12 championship game. That's a response you, mentality. A loser's mentality would be, ah. We're done. S- yep, it's, it's over. over. We just suck. <laughs> All right, quick break. Uh, top five things we've learned from Saturday coming up. Plus, Bolton a skosh early today. That's where Josh and Connor take over and read all of your text. It's all coming up on a busy and fast-moving Monday right here on The Ref. If you want to really simplify it, simplify? If you want to simplify simplify it defensively, Josh, poor tackling Saturday, explosive plays. If you want to simplify it against UCF, it was explosive plays. I don't think they tackled all that poorly against UCF, but maybe what happened on Saturday erased it and uh, Teddy's got a list of plays that I'm sure he'll go through today at three. And they're co- they're costly moments. Now give give Kansas credit; they found a way to work through the trash. But explosive plays, better tackling. By the way, uh, 
all all OU talk on Mondays, but if Josh seems a little bit, I don't know, preoccupied right now, his world just got shook with one of the biggest stories in Iowa football in a long time. Maybe. <laughs> Seemingly. Oh, oh, maybe? Do we not know yet? It, 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 nobody's tossed their name on it yet, but it sounds like, yes, Brian Ferentz has been officially relieved of his duties. That uh, we're, You're waiting on the big report, but, yeah, it, it sounds like that finally, believe it or not, has actually happened. My college football nerds are going to love that one. What are they going to do? Jimmy and Tulsa hits us up, and he writes, Guys, we should have seen this coming after the UCF game. This team has been regressing since the Texas game. Couple things to add in, right? Teams are finding different ways to attack you. They are exposing weaknesses. And now Oklahoma has to respond. You know, there was a couple of times, too. I mean, this is – it's kind of wild to see where the numbers were for Jason Bean. But, I mean, Josh, the, the reality is there were other plays that could have been big, too, that were you know, overthrows by Bean. He had he had, oh, two he, got, he had two or three plays where guys were just wide open and he missed them or a couple drops hurt him. So Yeah, missed the wide open touchdown in the end zone. I forget what happened on that sequence, but. No, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Uh, when, when Kip Lewis is really, really good, and he's going to be, I think, I think he's going to be a great player. I really do. But when he came into the game, Jaron Kanick then became responsible if there was a green dot in college football, Josh, when Stutzman was out, Jaron Kanick became that green dot. And I think he struggled with a couple of things. Mm -hmm. And if I remember that play correctly, you know, somebody that was supposed to go, well, obviously someone missed an assignment, but I think they might have related incorrectly. Did KU – Kick a field goal? What happened? I think they ended up kicking a field goal. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Still got points, but it should have been seven. But, yeah, I – you know, when you lose Danny Stutzman, you obviously lose a great playmaker, but you also lose the guy that's helping everyone line up. Billy Bowman, Key Lawrence did a better job of it, but Oklahoma still had some issues with that uh, at times in the fourth quarter. We'll go more all in on it next on the ref.